0: Hi there, this is Chris Walter, pastor at Oakdale Church, and this is our weekly sermon podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you to grow in your faith and helps you to see God in your life. Enjoy the message. Our first reading this morning comes out of the 19th chapter in the Gospel of John. We hear these words. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, in order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of his sop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. second reading this morning again comes from the Gospel of John, this time in the 20th chapter, where we hear a very familiar passage of Scripture. We encounter Mary here at the tomb. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, and said to him in Hebrew, rabboni which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father, and your Father, to my God, and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Amen. There's a story of a missionary who found himself in the jungles of Brazil. As he ventured throughout the jungles, he eventually would come across a local tribe. Now, this tribe was isolated. They lived by themselves. They had settled near a very large river. But upon arriving, the missionary quickly realized that this tribe was dying. A contagious disease was running rampant through the tribe, killing a person every single day. And if something wasn't done, the entire tribe would be wiped out within a few months. This missionary then realized that just across this river that they had settled in for their homes, not too far was an infirmary. And at this infirmary, the medicine that this tribe needed could be provided and all would be saved yet as he tried as he could every day to get them to go across to the river they would refuse finally one day he asked why will you not go across this river to where there is hope and medicine something that will give you great healing will save you it's just over there why will you not go Finally, they shared with him that that river that he wanted them to cross was filled with evil spirits. And if they crossed that river, if they went into that water, death would come upon them. Death would enter anyone that went across that river. They were feared with great fear. And no matter how hard he tried, he could not get them to go across He even at one point shared with them that he himself had swam across the river to get to the side that they are on now. And here he stood unharmed, not sick, fully alive, but yet that still did not sway them. And the truth is for all of us, there is that fear of something in our lives, something that comes around us, that paralyzes us, consumes us so much so That the ability to live, to grow. It's just too hard. It's just too great. We no longer can see the hope, the joy that is right in front of us. No longer can we see. Jesus. Our scripture this morning out of the Gospel of John as we conclude this series, is a a passage that we hear very, very often, once a year, in some form or another, as Easter rolls around. We hear the resurrection story of when Mary shows up at the tomb and Jesus is there talking to her and alive. We hear this over and over again. But it's also a passage that should be in our hearts every single day of the year. Because it's the reminder that when we face an uncertain future, when a storm of life comes around the corner, that here in the Gospel of John, we are reminded of something very important. And that is hope. As we look at this passage, we see Mary standing outside the tomb, weeping, crying, and bending over to look inside, expecting to see death. In truth, expecting to see her pain lying there in front of her for just a few days before her Lord was alive, even though he was in captivity, even though he was a prisoner, he still was there. She still had hope that he would conquer, that he would live. But here he lied no longer with her or so she thought. As she looked inside, she sees two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been. She doesn't even recognize that Jesus is gone. But yet here are two angels, messengers of God sitting there, one at the head and one at the feet. One in the place where fear had always spoken into her heart. And one at the feet where she knew that fear would never leave her. That fear would always walk with her. And what she missed in that very moment was God's presence. Trying to show her that it was going to be all good. That it was going to be great. And she looks in with tears in her eyes. She looks in at the angels and she says, without saying a word, how broken she is. How anxious she is. How angry she is. How fearful she is. And the angels turn to her and they say, woman, why are you weeping? Why are you crying? Why are you so hurt? She responds, they have taken away Jesus. I don't know where he is anymore. I can't find Jesus anywhere. He's supposed to be right here. This is where the loss of Jesus is supposed to be, she says to the angels. But I don't see him anymore. I don't see him The missionary even went to the waters and put his hand in the water for the tribe and said, look, look, I can touch the water, this evil place you call brokenness. I'm still okay. And the tribe refused. He went as far as to walk in the water and up to his knees and said, look, I'm standing in the river of evil, of brokenness and, and still calm. It's okay. And they said, no, that's evil. That's pain. That's anger. He even gets to the point of frustration where he splashes water on himself and no response. Finally, out of desperation, he dives into the water and swims to the other side. Coming out on the shore, he screams to the tribe. Here I am. Here I am. I'm alive. Can you not see me? Mary, in the same breath, did the same thing, except she hadn't crossed yet. She cries to the angels, he's gone. Hope is no longer available. I had hope in Jesus. And he's gone. I thought that Jesus was the new king that was going to set us free and he's gone. My anger, my fear... My thought that I'm not good enough for the world is still here, and my hope is gone. It's gone. As she said this, she turned and she saw Jesus there standing next to her. She saw Jesus right there. And yet, in that very moment, she doesn't even recognize Jesus. And how often for us do we ourselves face something and we see Jesus there? And we ourselves say, "Eh, you're just the gardener. You're not Jesus today. Because we think we expect, I think we think we know how Jesus is going to show up for us. We go to him in prayer and we say, Jesus, here's my need. And we tell him how he's supposed to show up. We tell them, you're still inside that cave. For Mary here in this passage, she was doing the same. Jesus says, why are you still crying? Whom are you really looking for? She, thinking him in the garden, says to Jesus, well, if you have taken him away, where have you put Jesus? Where have you taken him? Because because I'll go there. If you can just tell me where Jesus is, I'll go to where Jesus is at. Just tell me where he is. I'll go there. Jesus is trying to tell her, I've come to you. You don't need to come to me because I've never left your side. You may think I've died. You may think fear has conquered, has won the day. But you know what? It hasn't because I'm standing with you. It wasn't until Jesus says one word, Mary, that she realizes that he never left, that he was right here all along. See, she had misplaced her hope. She had misplaced the hope that was in Jesus, that is always in Jesus. And she thought that the cross in which Jesus dies on, that's the end of it. But we know the Easter story. We hear it every year. But the truth is, we can't let it stop on one day. It is every day, all year long, because we know he is alive. We know that there is nothing that can and will conquer us. Now this missionary had reached the other side. He proclaimed victory over the river. He stood there with his fists in the air, shouting back across the river, saying, I have won the day. I have conquered what you think is evil. Come to the other side. It was only then that the tribe realized It was only in that moment when they saw for themselves with their own eyes that he was still there, that they were able to enter the river. They were able to swim across and they were able to find the hope to be saved from a disease that was killing them all. Jesus calls out Mary's name so that she would find hope. And in doing so, she witnesses that Jesus is right there. That hope isn't inside the tomb. That hope isn't where Jesus' physical body is, but it is where his spirit always is. It is why the church is the church. In its brokenness, in its messiness. Because we are people who are not perfect yet. We, we are as children who have to come and be in his presence. We don't need to go to the tomb. We go where he is, which is everywhere, because he walks with us all the days of our lives. After Mary realizes all of this, as she cries out, Robonyim, to Jesus and says, you're my teacher. Jesus then turns to her one last time and he gives her some instructions. He says, Don't hold on to me. Don't hold on to me because I will hold on to you instead. I will hold on to you because I have never left you and I will never leave you. And then in that next breath, Jesus turns to Mary and says, Go. Don't stay. Don't sit, don't wait, but go. Go and tell my brothers, he says, that I am ascending to the Father. I am ascending to your Father, your God in heaven for you. But in the meantime, go. Don't stand, don't wait, but go. Because we have a choice in this life. We can sit outside the tomb and look inside over and over again thinking that's the that's what I have to hold on to is that death or we ourselves can take the knowledge and say, I will go from this place of pain, of hurt, of suffering, and I will go and share the good news. Even in the midst of my storm of life, I will go because that is how Jesus has commanded me. And there he goes and announces really not just to the disciples, but to the entire world that I have seen the Lord. She says, I have seen hope, love, grace, mercy and peace. I have experienced the unending love of Jesus that he is right here that he is with us all every day of our lives. You see, Jesus saw that the world was enslaved by fear, by a cheap power. And he explained that the river of death is nothing to ever fear. That that which we think will consume us never will, he says. But yet the people refused to believe him. He would touch a boy and raise him and call him back to life, yet the world was still unconvinced. He would breathe life into a dying girl, and yet people still doubted, still thought, no. This Jesus that you all follow is not where hope is. He even let a man spend four days dead in a grave, and he called him out. And was that enough? No. Was that enough for the world to realize that this Jesus conquers everything in our lives? We just, we just let him into our hearts. For you see, it was enough. No, I think it was necessary that Jesus went into the water of death for you. He went under that water and swam to the other side. He needed to do that before the world would believe. Before the world would understand that Jesus conquers death. And this writing in the gospel of John, this entire gospel message is about the hope that we find in Jesus. That in him is a love that surpasses everything. It's a grace for you and me. And when he came out to the other side, when he arrived at that great Bank. We ourselves realized, hmm, it is time to celebrate.